voices to lift every
sing a heavenly song and sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord. Kids, I want you to help lead that. Lift up my voice in a heavenly song. Sing to the Lord. Lift up my voice in a heavenly song. Sing to the Lord. Sing to the for sure and I've got nothing new how could I express all my gratitude I could sing these songs as I often do Every song must end, and you never do. So I throw up my hands and praise you again and again. So that I have is a hallelujah, hallelujah. And I know it's not much, but I'm nothing else for a king, except for a heart singing hallelujah, I've got one response I've got just one move With my arms stretched wide I will worship you I've got one response I've got just one move With my arms stretched wide, I will worship you. And so I throw up my hands and praise you again and again.
praise you again and again With all that I have is a hallelujah Hallelujah And I know it's not much But I've nothing else for a king Except for a heart singing hallelujah, Heavenly song, sing to the Lord, sing to the Lord. I lift up my voice in a heavenly song, sing to the Lord, sing to the Lord. Lift up my voice in a heavenly song. Sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, 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 lift up the Lord, lift up my voice, in a heavenly song, sing to the Sing 
to the Lord. thing for us to do. Let's just take a, take a seat. We're going to worship the Lord, but I believe this is the next song. Just stay hooked up. seen your face Have I ever heard your voice Am I in your holy place I know there's something Spirit, here I am. Holy 
Father, this morning, we thank you that you're taking us out of the land of the less into the land of the more. Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we might ever ask or think. All that we desire pales in compassion comparison to what your heart desires for us. Help us, Holy Spirit, to see all that the Father has for His people. Wonderful blessings. We thank you, Father, this day. And we humble ourselves before your throne of grace and we thank you Lord for your mercy for us as a people for this church our city this state our nation this world oh you are a God who is merciful God who is good so we love you from the bottom of our heart we express our love and our gratitude for all that you've done for us already. You've delivered us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the Son of your love. We thank you, Father. Today we stand before you, vessels of honor, sanctified, useful for the Master, prepared for every good work ahead. And Lord, we pray not our will 
but Father, your will. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth in this hour as it is in heaven. We're expecting the reign of your spirit. Times of refreshing that come from your presence. We're expecting the suddenlies of God. So Lord, teach us how to wait upon you. Not make it happen by the arm of the flesh. Not by might nor by power, but by the spirit of grace. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you. We honor you. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, we honor you today. And all God's people said, Amen. to launch a boat or have you ever launched a boat onto the Missouri River or just been on a boat on the Missouri River it's treacherous the Missouri River is known for being treacherous because the channel shifts and the sandbars under the water shift they're never there's you know trees and tree trunks depending on whether it's flood or drought or heavy rains it all kind of shifts you never and you can't see it and you have you know it's just kind of a treacherous thing trying to navigate that Missouri River it's beautiful but it's wonderful when you're out there but it it can be perplexing it can be you know you have to be cautious and I've talked about this that's where I feel like we're at this church the body of Christ, us particularly. Because the thing with the Missouri, it changes all the time. You might be used to it one year and you go out and everything is shifted the next year. And everything for us right now, we've talked about it, we're in a new era where there's change. And you say, well, everybody keeps talking about change, but I don't see it happening. That's the thing about the Missouri River that sandbar under there, you don't see how it's shifted because it's under the water. But it's, it's, it's shifting, it's moving. And that's what we're facing and dealing with spiritually is things are shifting and changing, but because some of them are under the water, under the Holy Spirit, we don't really see it or perceive it like we would like to. And it creates kind of a a caution or a a distress. But we, you know, we watched Wanda Alger a few weeks ago and she talked about this season that we're going through and the changes that we're dealing with and how we have to change our thinking. And it's hard to change your thinking 
You know, if you've been there for five years and there's always been a tree stump there and a sandbar there and then you come out the next year and it's different, it's hard to change that mentality, but that's kind of what we're in the process of spiritually right now. We're having to change the way we think. God's doing new things. It's going to be different. And this week I was... The thing, the scripture I got stuck on, a lot of times I just will get a word and then just go from there. And the word that I've gotten this week is storehouses. And in, I'm just going to read a few of them to you. Proverbs 8.21 says that I, meaning God, may cause those who love me to inherit wealth, that I may fill their treasuries or their storehouses, plural, which a better description is the depo- their depositories for funds and valuables. Proverbs 10.14 says, wise people store up. So many times we want to know what God's like. God has storehouses. And they're stored up not just to sit there, but there's a purpose for them. And I believe we're coming into the day of the outpouring of God's storehouses. In Proverbs 3, 9, and 10 says, So your barns or your storehouse will be filled with plenty. Your vats will overflow with new wine. Not just, we can't think just financially, but just what we were singing about. There's an outpouring, a newness of an outpouring of the Spirit of God. It's it's coming. We're 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 starting to go into it. Deuteronomy twenty eight twelve says the Lord will open for you his good storehouse, the heavens to give rain in the land, in its seasons to bless all the work of your hand, that you shall lend to many nations but shall not borrow. I, you know, in that Wanda Aldridge, she talked about we've always had this mentality of debt and being in debt. And here it talks about we're entering into a, uh, entering a time of when we will lend and not borrow. And we've got to change that thinking in our mind. Job 38.22 says, Have you entered the, the storehouses of snow or have you seen the storehouses of hail? Psalms 135.7 says, He causes the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth who makes lightnings for rain, who brings forth the wind from his treasuries. We've all experienced those. Jeremiah 10.13 says, When he utters his rain, there is tumult of water in the heavens and he causes the clouds to ascend from the end of the earth, he makes lightning for the rain and brings out the wind from his storehouses. So he has all these multiple storehouses, and that's kind of what, you know, I keep seeing the Missouri River because every time there's rain or floods or tumults, it shifts and changes, and this channel will, 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 will shift. Jeremiah 51 16 says exactly the same thing as Jeremiah 10, 13. Psalm 33, 7, I like this when He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap and He lays up the deeps in storehouses. Deuteronomy 32, 34 says, Is it not laid up in store with me, sealed up in my treasuries? Psalm 31, How great is your goodness which you have stored up for those who have, which you have wrought for those who take refuge in you before the sons of men. So Proverbs 2, 7 says he stores up sound wisdom. For the upright, he is a shield to those who walk in integrity. And we always come to Malachi chapter 3, 
where it bring all your tithes into the storehouse. And I think so many through the years we've looked at that as a get by provision. But we've got to look at that as a storehouse provision that's laid up for us. That there may be food in our house, not just in your house to eat, but in the house of God to give out the necessary nutrients spiritually that we need. And he says, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, that I will not open the windows of heaven. So those windows of the storehouses are starting to open up and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to, pre- to receive it. And, and I think people through the years have had struggled with that. We've seen the lack and the debt and all those things, and we need to realize that that's shifting and the storehouses are opening up. We've, d- we've dwelt on chapter or verse 11. It says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, and that's a good thing. But we forget about the blessing of the Lord that comes with it. And that he has laid up storehouses full of blessings. And we're entering in a time we need to start to see that. When we bring your tie that isn't just to get by. And just because God. But it's because he's got something laid up for us. And so we need to not only give that in faith. But we need to receive what he has for us in faith. So, ushers, you may go ahead and receive this morning's tithes and offerings. Lift every voice in a heavenly song and sing to the Lord, sing to the Lord. Lift every voice in a heavenly song and sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord, lift every voice, heavenly song, and sing to the Lord, sing to the Lord. Amen. A couple announcements will be, there's no prayer on Mondays now, except the first Monday of every month month will be a teaching service only. But for April, it won't be Monday, it'll be Good Friday. I've decided um, we're going to have a Good Friday service, and that will be our communion service. So you can plan on Good Friday, amen? Look in your Bibles to 2 Chronicles 2020. 2 Chronicles 2020, that was an important scripture last year especially for the prophets. But I want to draw your attention to something, and I'm going to unhook from our series we've been doing on doctrine until after Easter, and we're going to go into another subject that I believe will help prepare you, prepare your mind, prepare your attitude, prepare your heart for remembering Jesus. And that subject is 
probably, I believe, the most important subject. If you do not understand this subject, you'll never be effective in your faith walk, in your love walk. And that's the subject of covenant. Everyone say covenant. Everyone say blood covenant. Now, in 2 Chronicles 20.20, we we know this scripture because we've heard it so many times. It says, believe in the Lord your God and you shall be what? Established. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. And I know the prophets were saying that and I agreed with them because we do need to believe the prophets. But I want you to understand something. It says before you believe the prophets, it says you got to believe in the Lord. And you will be established. Yes, believe his prophets and you'll prosper. But you have to believe in the Lord. Now in my Bible, and for the in word wealth, in the Greek, it's where we get the word amen. So be it. It means to be firm, stable, and established. Also to be firmly persuaded to believe solidly. solidly. And so... You know, it, it talks about in Scripture in Genesis fifteen six when Abraham believed in the Lord. And we're right now where we need to be as a church. We need to, yeah, we need to believe the prophets. But if you're not, if, if you can't believe in the Lord, how can you believe in the prophets? If you do not believe in the Word of God... How are you going to prosper? How are you going to be blessed? And so I want to go through, um, look at Exodus 2. We're going to go through Exodus. I want to read some scriptures to you to give you a foundation of what I'm saying. You know, there are a lot of people right now in the body of Christ that are confused. They're in despair. They're anxious. A lot of anxiety, even depression. I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about believers. Double-minded. One day they're with the prophets. One day they're not. See, you're not going to be with the prophets if you're not with God. And I I, I want you to see this. Because I firmly believe this, even before I heard any teaching or preaching on Passover. Passover's coming up. Important feast. The end of this month. Into April. It marks the Passover simply marks supernatural deliverance and a new beginning. And I think, boy, isn't that applicable to the church right now? We need to be delivered. We need a new beginning. And I want you to see this in Exodus chapter 2. How important the subject of covenant is. I was talking with Bobby and he won't care, will you? Bobby used to be a member. I don't know what gang you were in. Biker gang. We won't say we don't. It doesn't, it's not that important. But he was hard. Can I say? Would this be truthful? You were hardcore biker, <laughs> and, 
And I went to him this morning and I said, Bobby, I said, you know, basically Christians don't understand the subject of covenant. But the military does. And bikers do. Now, bikers, he said it was all about the patch, all about becoming, what was the word you gave me? The cut, but they go through a process. What was it? Prospect, the word prospect. If you're, you want to get in the gang, I suppose you're a new prospect, but you go through a a time of testing, don't you? Okay, but maybe a little worse. (laughs) Some gangs, part of that was killing somebody. But it's fine. And I told Bobby, I said, well, if I was in a gang and I was in trouble and I needed help, he said, they'd be right there. The whole gang. And I thought, my mind's going, the church doesn't get it. Because we'd rather put a knife in our brother's back. Or we would rather say, get out of the way. I want you to see me. It's all about self. We're so self-centered. And Laura spoke up and said, and she was right. It's about serving. When you're a member of the body of Christ, it's about serving one another. Not about being seen. Not about your gift being used and exposed to everybody. It's all about Jesus. So covenant is so important. Look at Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter 2, look at verse 23. This is where Moses flees to Midian. It says, Now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. Then the children of Israel, what? Groaned because of the bondage. And they cried out, and their cry came up to God because of their bondage. So God what? So God what? Heard their groaning. And God what? Remembered his covenant. With who? Abraham, Isaac, and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel and God acknowledged them. You know, it's funny. It doesn't say here. The nation of Israel took 40 days of fasting, crying out to God, intercession. It just says that he heard their cry or their groaning. Groaning, say groaning. How many of you been groaning? How, let me add another word. How, how many of you been complaining Groaning and complaining. When's God going to move? When God's ready to move. That's when it's he's going to move. When he's ready. But I want you to see the fact. He heard the nation of Israel's groaning. Their cries came up to his ears. He heard them. But the thing that you need to see is. He remembered his covenant. 
you and I need to realize whatever we're going through right now, God hears. He hears your groaning. He hears your crying. And yes, He hears you complain. Look over to Exodus 3, verse 7. It says, and the Lord said, I have surely now what? Seen. First he heard. Now it says, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. Well, we're in Egypt. We're in this world. The world is a type of Egypt. We're dealing with the world right now. I've surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt, and I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters, our wicked politicians. No, I am sorry. That's a different translation. It's, I don't know why I said that. God forgive me. But He says, for I know their what? Sorrows. I know their sorrows. Are their pain, literally their pain. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to what? To a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, and the Termites. See, some of you think, we're waiting for God's big deliverance. And yeah, yes, He's delivering His people. But just because He de- delivers us into a land that's flowing with milk and honey doesn't mean there's no giants anymore. The church needs to know how to slay giants. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me. And I've also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people and the children of Israel out of Egypt. Well, they're. Moses has the same reply as the church. How could you use me? I stutter. How could you use me? Well, we won't get into that. Now look at um, Exodus 6. I can see I'm not going to get as far as I thought it was going today. I, I sat at my desk this week and I, I knew I had to. I want you to understand if you're on a series, it's wonderful. You're just, God's giving you stuff, and you're on a series. And then when he says change gears, then you got to switch gears. Then you got to enter into a whole other subject. And the subject of covenant, we can't give it justice in just a few weeks. I'm going to do the best I can. That's all we can do. Exodus 6. Then the Lord said to Moses, verse 1, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand he will let them go, and with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. <clears throat> Did that happen overnight? 
Did it happen overnight? No. It was a period of time. And God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. Sometimes we need to say that, remind ourselves that he's the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty, but by my name, Lord, I was not known to them. God Almighty, El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough, the all-powerful one, the one who is self-sufficient. A lot of Christians right now are weak because they do not know the Lord. You find out his character from his names. Al Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. Jehovah Jireh, my God shall supply some of my needs. All of my needs. And God spoke to Moses, said, I'm the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, Lord, I was not known to them. I have also established my covenant with him. And I want you to get this down in you today. Even if I don't go through a lot of the details this morning about covenant, which we'll get into, I have also established my covenant or ratified my covenant with them to give them. He ratified his covenant with them to what? Give them. If you don't understand, I don't understand blood covenant, there will be no give them part for you. Give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage, in which they were strangers. And I have also heard the groaning. See, they must have really been groaning, because how many times have you heard this? I have heard the groaning of the children of Israel. See, that's not the only groaning, the complaining. But there's a, there's a groaning in the spirit. When I pray in tongues, many times I'll go into intercession. And if you'd hear me and come up my stairs, and if my door wasn't locked, one time I had the plumber come in. And I was on my knees praying in tongues. I'm praying in tongues. I probably scared the poor guy. But there's times I don't know how to pray. I can't formulate words in English. That's why getting filled with the Spirit of God is so important because the Spirit of God takes hold of your spirit and intercedes for you and through you. And there's times I'll just go, "Ah, what do women do when they give birth? Ah." Everyone except my wife. No groaning. No complaining. Just, Just get it done. Amen. Took longest time was with him, wasn't it? He has to do everything sideways. Boy, that isn't very, that's not a very good picture. Always the hard way. But there's a groaning of the Spirit also. So God heard his people groaning. 
whom the Egyptians keep in bondage. Had you, have, have you, haven't you felt like you were in bondage to the system, to this government? And I've remembered my covenant. See, I love those those words. <coughs> I've remembered my covenant. When you have a need and you're going through a hard time, you need to remind God of his covenant. <coughs> Excuse me. You and I have a covenant. Instead of whining and complaining, <coughs> it should be, Father, remember your covenant with me through the blood of your son. <coughs> Give me a few minutes to choke here. I'm like, <coughs> is there a nurse in the audience? <coughs> See, you married somebody just like my wife, huh? <coughs> Do the Heimlich on yourself. <coughs> Wonderful. I mean, this... To me, this just helps me because I have a covenant. This is old covenant. The Old Testament, testament and covenant are the same thing. If God could do this in the old covenant for a bunch of whining, complaining, groaning Jews, how much more? Everyone say, how much more? Should he desire to deliver his people, the church, the remnant specifically? Look at Exodus 12. Jeez, I'm just going to get through my introduction. Exodus chapter 12. I want to read 1 through 13 to you. I want you to see the significance of Passover because we're coming into Passover. It says, now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, verse one, saying this month shall be the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying on the 10th of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb. Now, when I read that word lamb, I want you to think about Jesus, the lamb of God. According to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons, according to each man's need. You shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without what? Blemish. Male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. They shall take some of the blood, put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. Then they shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs. They shall eat it. Do not eat it raw nor boiled at all with water, but roasted in fire. Hmm. Do we know a lamb that went to hell? Mm-hmm. With unleavened bread and with bitter herbs, they shall eat it. 
Do not eat it raw or boiled at all with water, but roast in fire its head with its legs and its entrails. You shall let none of it remain until morning. And what remains of it until morning you shall burn with fire, and thus you shall eat it. This is how they were to eat it. They were to be prepared. With a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. How much more should we prepare, be prepared as the church in this hour? Not just waiting for something to happen, but anticipating, expecting, and because of that expectation, prepare for it. There's a harvest of souls out there. And we need to be prepared to minister to people. So shall you eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. You know, I did, years ago I did a thing where I went through and got all the I wills of God. And God says, I will, he will. If God says he will deliver his people, he will. If God says he's going to bless his people, he will. All because of covenant. I will ex execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. That's where we are today. Yeah, I realize this is Old Testament, Old Covenant. But right now, this, the church needs to be delivered from itself. God is getting ready. In, in fact, it's that one analogy about the Missouri River was so... Right on. <coughs> I didn't like getting on a boat, handling a boat on the Missouri River. Just ask my boys. I was Barney Fife. <coughs> Just not wired that way. You had an experience on the Missouri River yourself. <coughs> kind of scary. Puckering, huh? Some of you find this all right. But we need to be ready. God's about to do some things. And, and granted, I, I love my boys, but all I've heard is, when's he going to do some things? When he's ready to do some things. But until then... Believe in the Lord and you will be established. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. It all starts not with the prophets. It starts just with you and, and what you believe in the word of God. Can you stand on just the word or do you need someone, a prophet, to knock on your door and speak to you and read your mail? Yes, that's wonderful. I've had, I got a book of prophecies. But the best thing is knowing God myself intimately. Moses, Moses knew him face to face. I, I want to know God. Yes, I go to God. 
I went to God yesterday and started telling him some things I wasn't happy about. I talked to him. But you know what? He listened to the Jews groan and complain. He's going to listen to me. But he's not going to let me stay there. He's not going to let me stay there. I can't pass over into the new land that's flowing with milk and honey till I get a grip on my complaining and my groaning. Well, it's helping me, so I don't know if it's helping you. But Let me read this to you, and then I'll close. Just a simple definition of Passover. Passover was a feast <clears throat> instituted by God to serve as a memorial for the nation of Israel who were delivered by their obedience to the Abrahamic covenant. Why were they delivered? Because of what? Say one word, covenant. Covenant, say it. Covenant. Delivered by their obedience to the Abrahamic covenant he made with them. God the Father was bound by the blood covenant. Say bound by the blood covenant. To protect, to provide for, and to deliver his people. If we just get a hold of that, when you have a need, God is bound by the blood of his Son. To meet your need, spirit, soul, body, physically, financially, emotionally. He's bound by the blood of Jesus to meet your need. But if all you do is whine and complain and you don't know anything about the covenant, how are you going to approach him? Only thing that pleases him is his faith, his faith in his covenant. He was bound by that blood covenant to protect, provide for, and to deliver, to deliver his people. Passover represents deliverance and a new beginning. And I, I want you to get that in you. I want you to memorize that. I want you to know that what, what, that's simply what Passover is all about, deliverance and a new beginning. It was a new beginning, and it was deliverance for Israel, and it's the same for the church. The Passover meal consisted of a lamb without blemish that was sacrificed and eaten before their exodus out of Egypt. A few hundred years later, the second Adam, Jesus Christ, the eternal Lamb of God, came to earth. He initiated a new covenant between God and man by the shedding his own precious blood. Just like the nation of Israel who were bound by slavery, were we bound by slavery to sin? Sure, we were, we were slaves of sin. You and I were bound by sin. Slaves of sin, but because of the blood of Jesus, we are now slaves of righteousness. Say, I'm a slave of righteousness. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Hebrews 8, 6. This is a good scripture. You might want to remember this. Write it down. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry in as much as he also is a mediator of a better covenant which was established on better promises. Right there, the Scripture says we have a better covenant. And if God could deliver the nation of Israel, and it wasn't that great of a covenant, but we have a bitter covenant, how much more shall He deliver us today? Say, Pastor, you're all worked up. Better than groaning. 
I firmly believe, and I believe this with all my heart because of this better covenant, the same God who delivered his people hundreds and hundreds of years ago is the same God who's going to deliver us today. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said, shall he not do it? Or has he spoken, shall he not make it good? So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return void or empty, but it will accomplish what I sent it to do. It will prosper in the thing that I sent it to. Jeremiah says, I'm ready to perform my word. There's a scripture, and everybody stand up, please. There's a scripture that I remembered as I was working on this. And I failed, I forgot to give it to you today. But it's a good way to end this service. You want to get that confession ready, please. And it's in Deuteronomy 6, and it's verse 23. Deuteronomy 6, 23. Speaking of God, now just close your eyes. Close your eyes, everybody. And listen to this, this scripture. Then he, our God brought us out from there that he might bring us in to give us the land of which he swore to our fathers. Let me read it again. Then he brought us out from there that he might bring us in to give us the land of which he swore to our fathers. And there's a spiritual principle there. God will always bring you out and deliver you out of something, but he doesn't stop there. He brings you into something greater, greater blessings, expanded vision, increase, blessings that are exceedingly abundantly above all that you might ask or think. But with all of that, you still have to slay the giants in the land. So as God delivers us, just doesn't mean we let down. We've got to be even more prepared to deal with the enemy. You think Satan's just going to lie down and give up? Uh-uh. No, he's not. Say, God brings me out in order to bring me in. You're coming out to go in. Something greater. Let's end this today. Let's say this, because I think we need to get it. And I said, we've got to declare and decree it. Say it together. Today we decree you are divinely transferred into a new and glorious season from the Lord. We command all the cycles of trouble, hindrance, warfare, and disappointment to cease in Jesus' name. We say a new prophetic declaration is being written over you that places you in a season of peace, prosperity, blessings, and restfulness. We bind the works of darkness from filling your mind with fear and resentment. We break the power of all lethargy and apprehension that arose from the circumstances surrounding the former season and we say you are infused with new seeds of fresh fire, vision, excitement, and faith 
for what is ahead. We say you are advancing into greater days and that your joy shall be made full. It's your time to shine because a new and brighter season is upon you. Do you believe that? Or just when the prophets speak? No. Believe the Lord. Believe in the covenant and you shall be established. Does anyone here need prayer for your physical body? I I always try to be sensitive. If you need prayer, you're sick today. You don't look too bad. You're smiling. Uh I understand. Where's it? Just right here. In the name of Jesus, Carl has a covenant with you. And healing is a part of that covenant. So I loose the anointing of God, the healing virtue of God to flow into this back, every tendon, muscle, ligament, bone. In the name of Jesus, for healing is in the name of I speak the name of Jesus. And Lord, we put a demand on his covenant rights. I thank you, Jesus. You not only bore his sin, but you also bore sickness, disease, pain, and discomfort. And so, Father, you said we could lay hands on the sick. This is my hand. It's on him. And I expect... Supernatural recovery in the name of Jesus. Infirmity is bound. Healing is loose this day in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, 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 amen. Anybody that's ever had back, you'll have compassion. Start acting like the church. Be the church this week. Quit your complaining and whining. Start declaring and decreeing. We're in a new season. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Remember, no prayer tomorrow night.